What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Bo Roulette. He joins us via Skype from his studio in downtown Los Angeles. We have a good conversation. I uh, just became familiar with his work over the last, uh, you know, four or five years or so. Um, he takes lots of pictures of sexy, horny girls. At least that's what it, it looks like in the photo. We talk about sort of the background scenes of, of uh, photo shoots and how the um, the final appearance, the final cut of things can be a little bit different than the actual process of making things. Um, so that's fun. It's good to have a photographer on. It's been uh, almost all painters for like the last hundred episodes. So that's good to have him on. Um, he's also a painter too. And he, he and uh, his buddy um, Jason Arnold have a show coming up on july 10th which will be this saturday uh in san jose at the empire seven studios so if you're in the san jose area make sure you go check that out we talk about the show a bit in in this episode i got some stuff going on i'm podcasting a lot obviously which is good um if anybody is interested in sponsoring episodes uh like our friends soho design house uh, you can hit me up at info at mikemaxwellart.com to get in touch. Um, also, you know, I, I, I'm scheduling another Live Free podcast uh, group show. I'm going to, I'm literally like first week of starting to set everything up. I'm getting ready to figure out who all the artists will be in the show since the last one. I don't, if I did a, a big group show at Hellion Gallery in Portland. Uh, a few years back after I think I was about 80 shows in and now we're coming up I think this is episode 160 so it's about right about to have you know about time to do another one I guess you know about the same amount of time same amount of guests so um, it was a big group show last time and really cool so we'll see about doing that again um, we're, I'm working with the Daniel Rolnick gallery to uh, to try to make that happen uh, we're looking at around November uh, that's the tentative plan. So that's all getting scheduled. I'm painting all the time, doing these rocks a lot, um, selling them for only 40 bucks a piece usually. And um, those are always in the shop. And there's a bunch of other work in the shop. I'm painting nonstop. Um, I got a bunch of, like, I'm really looking to transition into doing some different things, which, again, I talk about in this episode as well. I'm really interested in performance lately and, like, this idea of putting together more of an experience when somebody goes out to view artwork as opposed to um, just a party where there's art on the wall and people drink wine. I'm kind of tired of that shit. Like I'm ready to move into a new phase of making things. I like to really, you know, I'm really kind of disappointed that I'm not already working in large museum settings. I know that I haven't been quite, I haven't been the most successful artist in um, the retail brick and mortar gallery establishments. I've sold tons of work. Everything that I make eventually sells. It's just, it doesn't seem to be, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I fit into those things or at least how I have fit into those things in the past. It's kind of weird to relate back and look back now since I've been selling art and making art for a living for the past 16 years, which is pretty fucking crazy. I'm old, y'all. All right, but I'm not that old. I still got some shit left. In fact, I have so many ideas, it's like I need... 150 years to get them all out so um if you want to you can go and follow me at 
uh, Mike Maxwell Art on the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Facebooks, etc. Um, I started a Tumblr, but I don't. I just all the pictures all go to one. Like it all goes to everything at once. Um, so I ever never actually go on Tumblr, but you could find me over there too as well. Um, you can follow the Live Free Podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Live Free Podcast, and that's it. Let's um. You can find Bo Roulette at Bo Roulette on all the all the medias too. He um he gives us his website and everything at the end where people can find him. And um, thanks to everybody who has donated to the podcast. And big shout out to our friend Soho Design House for sponsoring this episode. Um, they've been uh on board with us here for a few months now. It's their uh, rad company out of Los Angeles that makes hand handmade rugs. Uh, that are based on fine art designs and paintings and illustrations and all sorts of different things. Um, I was just looking at their process section of the website at sohodh.com or sohodesignhouse.com. Listen to this shit. The, The wool shearing process, it says, We import Tibetan wool from Tibet, which comes in raw form right after shearing the sheep. We short the raw wool by hand to pick out the foreign materials such as vegetables and wood particles and separate the different natural color of the wool. After shortening, wool will be washed in warm water to clean out the foreign particles. Our Tibetan wool is 100% pure Tibetan wool from high Himalaya. Yeah, I'm into that, the high Himalayas. And are not mixed with any other wool to maintain the quality. It's fucking Tibetan wool, y'all. That shit, that's on a higher... A higher plane of consciousness but anyway so go check them out at s-o-h-o-d-h on instagram um you could see their process on their website and see the um the tibetan monk shearing the wool putting the um the high level consciousness blessing upon all the uh the fabrics i, I just made that up i'm sorry um but check them out I, uh, I appreciate their support and they help get these podcasts out on a regular basis and into your ear holes. So again, thanks for listening. Go follow all the stuff and uh, subscribe on iTunes and make us feel good. All right. Make you feel good. Make everybody feel good. All right. Let's let's get into this fucking episode. All right. Uh, let's give Mr. Bo Roulette a call. Mr. Bo Roulette, what's up, my friend? Hello, hello, hello. Sorry, I'm just gassing my torch. Is that <laughs> is that a euphemism for something else? <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> so um, we're going to start this podcast in a unique way, I think, um, and do dueling dabs, which should be great for podcast listeners, because I think right. um, I've sort of got to know you via your Periscope videos now, so... Yes, this is true. <laughs> so we're going to... dabbing out. Let's see. I got a pretty massive dab going here. Oh, Jesus. Mine's not so big. Mine's just decently... But it's good stuff. All right, double up then. I'll, I'll add a little more. I'll add a little more. I insist on a double up. Okay, okay. I'm going to be like speechless for the first 10 minutes of this thing. <laughs> well, actually, that's kind of funny because that's sort of how it works. Like there's a like a ten minute lull of just feeling uncomfortable because you're being recorded, even for me now. Right, you've been doing it for a while too. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, and it's still like each one, it's the same thing. All right, so here we go. I got it. Right. I got a 
There we go. Double up. Yeah, good one. We're going to be hurting after this. So I, we are um, heating up the nails here. We'll see if... I don't know if the microphones will pick up the torch sound. Maybe a little. I got now, the... Are you using a, a titanium nail? Titanium nail, yes. I have a ceramic nail on mine. <laughs> the faster to heat up? I don't think it is. I don't know. It's self-cleaning, though, which is kind of cool. And I just feel like you're smoking off a stone, which is, like, healthier, maybe, for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I can't imagine that that's the case about being healthier, but maybe. Could be. <laughs> we'll find out in, like, ten years, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. It, I'm kind of concerned, to be honest, about the cannabis concentrate, what type of effects we may see later on. I'm okay, I'm, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Yeah, it's serious. Ooh. That was, that was a big one. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for making me do that. There we go. Peer pressure. <laughs> like the old days. Oh, man. High school was fun. <coughs> was it? Where, well, did, where well, did you go to high school at? Oh, embarrassing. Los Gatos High School. It's up right outside of San Jose, California, Northern California. Uh -huh. It's like uh, in between Santa Cruz and San Jose. Why is it that? was a little hippie community, but now it's like a super um, wealthy uh, type A personality and engineers. It's changed a lot from its original beginnings. Which seems to be the case in any former yeah. hippie community. Mm -hmm. There seems to be kind of a new hippie community like brewing with young people. A little bit, Have right? Have you noticed? Yeah. I mean, yeah. how old are you? Oh, I'm 39. Okay, yeah, and, but you seem a little bit more connected to uh, younger culture, maybe? I try, I try, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My wife's two years younger than me as well, and then she has two sisters that are in high school, so I'm like always, I feel, around younger people, it seems yeah. like. Um, so why, what you meant, you said it was an embarrassment. Why was it, why, why was it an embarrassment? Oh, wait, what was an embarrassment? You say going to school in that. You said it was an embarrassment to go to school there, wherever you went to school. Oh, well, no. Some people like um, tend to think of that area as like a well-to-do area. Oh, like how, how it's perceived now, you mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, the movie The Outsiders, it was like our school was like the Soches and the uh, <laughs> everybody else seemed to be like something else. And it was always tough, you know, like coming from that school because everybody just assumes that you're some like prick or something like that from that yeah. area. So. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how how much did the stereotype actually um, play itself out to be truthful? Do you think um, with with myself or with uh -huh. just generally with the yeah, population? Yeah, yeah. It, it, somebody <laughs> made the assumption. You know, sometimes stereotypes and generalities have some var yeah, variable of truth. I think it did definitely. Um, the area, you know, is definitely affluent now. Like I, all my friends parents sold their houses for so much money like after high school when they bought them for super cheap before you know it was like this weird this weird thing happened we were like right in the mix of it yeah that was uh, a strange time period i'm sure right around the same time you know a lot yeah. of a lot of people bought houses for really cheap and sold them for a fuck ton of money just before the housing market went <laughs> boom and it was it's silicon valley too so it's like and it's like right in the hills so everybody that was coming up to apple google starting all that stuff was like Oh, we want to live in this area because like nobody lives over here and it's like 
really close to everything still. Yeah. And yeah, so that it's like the whole tech industry has taken over that whole area, and it's like a different. I just watched um, a thing on Netflix about uh, venture capitalists and okay. how, and their role in the tech boom, and even just um, whether it be medicine companies or or technology companies like startups. How the startups really get those like first couple million or you know whatever it is that it takes to to start those businesses like Apple or or any of the beginning ones and then even you know till today and i've been trying to think of like okay so and i know that capital like venture capitalists buy like picassos and they're buying like yeah. multi million dollar pieces um but then i started thinking okay so that all benefits them like i wonder if there's some way for artists to join together in some way and it, almost, it sounds like communism it sounds like some type of union or something or some type of cult maybe um but that i wonder if there's better. yeah i know right I, I always love to put a cult title on anything uh, i wonder if there's some way for us to work out a way to you to you know utilize income in a way that helps a bunch like a group of artists all at once like yeah if rich like people it, are able to put together a bunch of wealth combined to like superpower to voltron their own power yeah you know yeah. why why is it that poor people can't do that to just even like step up a little bit i wonder sometimes if it's like um poor people or underclass people from what you're talking about like if we think that those people we our generalization of those people is that they don't do that type of thing that they're like doing it by themselves and they're like I made all this money by myself. I did this <laughs> yeah. by myself. Yeah. But like, really, they're like all buddy buddies. They've known each other since they were like kids, and they're yeah. you know, it's like that's it's what usually like what it super is. Super tight. Yeah. You like, know, they like, each had a, a little bit of cash to put together to build a nice little lump sum of cash, and then yeah, yeah, grow from there because that's sort of what it, it takes. Yeah, but I think it's like a different um, teaching, like social social teaching, right? Like our par- how our parents teach us, or how we even interact or learn from like whatever the internet or TV or media today right like uh kids think they have to do it by themselves like you're an athlete you do it by yourself like everybody's individualized you know like we've really lost the sense of community like unbelievably and in that sense even more like to be an artist like you have to be super individualized like it's even better if you don't have friends and you're like staying in your house and you don't talk to anybody you know and that's a direct cause of um scarcity right like it seems like okay there's only so many walls to show your art on or yeah. there's only so many dollars that exist within a, in a, a particular economy in a in a particular society that it's like we're like rats scrambling for the cheese like because we know that shit's going to run out real soon if you live in a in an area of scarcity you're not really you're not even um in the capability of sharing with somebody right no really really tough yeah like, you don't want yeah like when it comes down to self-preservation, you're not trying to give some random fuck something that is vital to your own existence. No, it's like I, it's very funny that you say this. I was talking to my friend last night and I was telling him about a new idea that I had, like I don't know, to make money as photography or graphic design, whatever, uh-huh. through the cannabis through the cannabis industry. And his girlfriend's like, "Why are you telling us this? This is like your idea. You should be doing this." I'm like, "Because I want you guys to do it too. I, like I think it's a good idea." And I'm like always bite myself in the ass because I'm always sharing shit like that with people. Cause hey, do you want to? I, I think it's like good, right? <laughs> speak that brings up an interesting thing that I just read about. That it there's a study that shows that the more you talk about your ideas, the less likely you are. The more you talk about them with other people, the less likely you are to actually do them. 
that you are to actually do them. Yeah, it's almost like a way to like prevent yourself from doing the work that you. Oh my god! I came up with the idea. Yeah, and I I do the same thing. Like if I come up with an idea, I just want to share the. All of a sudden, the idea wants to. It's almost like the idea wants to share itself. Yeah, yeah. People like I, I want I want people to be excited about some idea that I have in my own head, but. So, so the psychology of it without even like the subconscious mind is going, okay, if we tell six people about this, we'll be able to kind of just fall off and not think about it anymore. Yeah. Maybe one of them will start it up and call me and be like, hey, come over and do minimal, minimal stuff to and be how funny with is your it? own idea. I have an idea that I've told like four people and then I'm like, but don't tell anybody. Yeah. But I'm like, oh shit, two more people and I'm not going to do the idea or whatever, you know? Dude, always. So be careful oh, about that. Like sometimes we get – like just write it in a book maybe so it oh. feels like you let it out. And you you gotta, oh, that's a good That's a good idea. I'm going to take that advice, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm not going to take my own advice. Trust me. As soon as I have a new – I mean we're probably going to talk about three new ideas just right. in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> you know, let the whole oh, That's what we're supposed to be know. doing, right? <laughs> I know. Really. So um, I, can, I guess you – I think you're friends with my buddy Bobby, who I train with, right? Is that is that was that our initial connection, dude? And I don't know who Bobby is. If that's if which Bobby is it? I don't know. I don't like, even want to. Maybe I, he doesn't want to have his name said. Yeah, maybe. I um, I don't think I don't know who that is. Then maybe I know like um Bob Dobb. No, like no, no, Robert Dobby, not not art uh, connected. No, not I trained jujitsu with him. I, I know you trained jujitsu. I don't know. No, I don't think I know. But with the guy who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe not. Maybe I'm tripping. Tripping. I, I thought. Um, I, I guess I could check on Twitter and see if we have the mutual friend. Maybe, maybe. Um, my friend, a friend of mine, Jason Maloney, I think, it turned me on to you, like, maybe in 2010, I think. Oh, back. Yeah, that's about when I started the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was trying. I was looking for art podcasts and all that stuff. So he was. Yeah. Um, he's a painter, and we worked together um, at that time. So, well, it was. Yeah, I think that's like when I found out about you. I, I don't know. Huh. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then I, <laughs> fuck. I don't know. Then I might know Bobby, but I don't know like unless I see his face or you know I might not. No, know No, I he thought is. that that was you know like whenever I do the show, I try to find like that early connection of how yeah, I yeah. found out about somebody. Um, and sometimes fuck. Sometimes I have no idea. Sometimes yeah, I yeah. make shit up in my head. Sometimes, you know, the other person knows. But maybe shit, I fuck. I don't know then. But maybe that's it then. But I was living down in Orange County for you know from 2008 to 2011, beginning of 2011. What were you doing then? I, so, I, I worked worked for Hurley. Okay. Uh, I was the, the director of photography, creative director there for set up the studio and all that stuff. So when did you start getting into photography? And then in particular, okay. you know, like into the sort of fashion, um, ad design, because it's a very particular type world. Like, and, you know, like I've been lucky enough to work at a few different ad, you know, like graphic design houses where you, I got to sort of like learn some of the ins and outs from almost behind the scenes of a, of a big place. Um how did you get involved in that? You know, like I know that there's some people will do like high school photography or, you know, oh, yeah. junior high. I did high school photography. Um, my grandma a few years ago told me that when I stayed with her in Connecticut, I was like six or seven years old. I had like a little blue Kodak, like 110. 
and I was setting up my GI Joes and taking pictures of it. Like, like <laughs> after she told me, I like remember it, but I wish I had the pictures because I can like kind of remember doing how bad it was. But I, I was trying to like mimic the um, GI Joe commercials. I don't know if you remember them from when we were kids. They were like super cheesy. You know, it was like three kids playing and like, and they're like crash them and it was like studio shot or like outside but totally studio lit um, fuck i don't really remember the commercials oh my god they're so bad <laughs> i was thinking, dude i was thinking how if because so we have comic-con coming up here in san diego this, yeah this coming up week when this will be up uh comic-con will probably be on right um, and i think that there's a whole generation of people like my age your age like around our generation that um like who are like particularly toy like all the like modern toy art designers it's yeah. like he-man uh star wars depending on like for me i feel like i was born in 79 so i feel like i was a little yeah. late behind the star wars like yeah. toy, even though it was popular i was like just a couple of years behind but gi joe toys and like the he-man toys like transformers I, transformers for yes. sure like those three like those are the big three <laughs> Like, for sure played a humongous influence on a bunch of grown men who are now in oh, their yeah. 30s who we – I get I see them all at Comic-Con all the time. It's like G.I. Joe, He-Man, yeah. <laughs> Transformers. There's some really cool people that are, like, making toys. Um, yeah, I, I just like, had Buona Spoons on, and that's why I had I, brought it up. Yeah, yeah. Is she, like, ma- remaking uh, – or who, who is it's that? It's a he, but he, it's I'm sorry. doing, like, those uh, – like Japanese style, like monster toys with the have the airbrush and the little painting. Yeah, on. Uh, Skinner does that a bunch, dude. His There's a like whole crazy. group of people who yeah. who are super into it, and they sell for a lot of money too. It's I, fucking oh, funny. It's crazy. And so, and those, it's the people who are buying those, and the people who are, I think, more so the people who are making them, but the people who are buying them too, all yeah. so heavily influenced by like those three particular things. There's this um, Instagram that I follow suck lord or the suck mansion or something uh-huh, and he yeah, does, yeah. He, he and she or their little group does like all 80s toys like we're talking about gi joes and uh-huh. but they put different heads on them and different suits and they redo the packaging but it's like hand painted like a gi joe character but it's like yeah. a guy in a suit or bill clinton or something and That's, it's like i have a whole amazing. box of that like yeah. old broken legs and like yeah. half put together <laughs> shit that like I, what they're doing they're like molding it right and just like re building it like and repainting it in their own thing i figured (laughs) i would donate that shit for somebody if somebody wanted if somebody who made that type of shit wanted i would donate that shit i'm not going to do anything with it i don't know i I don't even i wouldn't even know the first it's so funny that's why i I talked about to with Juana too it's like oh you want me to make a toy i have no fucking idea Oh really? Oh wow! <laughs> Do a rock monster. <laughs> well, that exactly. Like I can make something out of something, but you know, if you ask me to build one of those vinyl toys that they make, or if yeah. they're plastic or whatever the fuck they're made out of, you know, it just it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> but maybe you know. But with the internet, given if there's no internet, if there's no Google for me to to relate to, to check back <laughs> on, it's not going to happen. So when when do you get into the like sort of commercial art world of of doing photography? Um, God, Ooh, let's see. Um, in high is school, is that even? Do you even look at I, it like? I mean, can I you can, can you look at ad work like that? Do, do you feel like it's artsy? I do. I do. I try to. Um, occasionally, it's not. It can't be. You yeah. know, some clients definitely aren't into that. They're like, oh, I just need this, and please do it like this. And it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, 
that's I'm fine. I've been studying photography for a long time. I can do pretty much anything. I think anybody throws at me. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I can do your basic stuff, but I like to do the creative stuff. That was really fun. I was working at Hurley, and I had like the time that I was there. I was working with a, a friend of mine at the time, Adrian Nyman, and he was uh, like super let me do whatever the whatever I wanted to do, and it was amazing. Like it was creative, super creative commercial work. And then he left, and it got really weird. So that's why I left at the same at that time. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like that's like fantasy land, like unlimited budget and like oh people just oh make this for me cool there's like dudes building shit all the time and yeah, yeah so what do you great. do you go do freelance right right out of a position like that or no i just actually went and chilled for a little bit yeah <laughs> I, yeah because it was i was grinding pretty hard for them it's a nike company and it was like it was it was heavy they were making a move to like you know be the number one surf brand in the industry so it was it was a lot of work yeah um and it was a lot of, after he left, it got really, like, uh, uncreative, so it really soul-sucked. You know, it was, like, doing a lot of stuff I didn't want to do. Well, is that uh, when you started photographing all the pretty girls? Um, yeah, maybe. I was like, this is kind of what I want to do. I mean, I've, I've been taking pictures of pretty girls since I was in high school. Yeah. I've picked, you know, pictures of girls <laughs> from, like, a long time ago, um, all the way up until now. I was doing it when I was working for them, but I couldn't be as public with it because of the company and... Uh, you know they they have like a little Christian belief system going on and whatnot. Uh-huh. They like they weren't into my whole thing being a weirdo. I don't think. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So do you find do you find like having that restriction, even if it's like in a minor way, in just your like nine to five type of environment, that it pushes you a little bit further outside of that environment when you're making the things that you just want to make? Yeah, it's such a trip. Like you're. Uh, like right now I've been shooting a lot of girls so I'm having a show right now and it's so much like still life like uh, product style you know like uh-huh. just me in, me in the studio making like little stupid shit and taking pictures of it whereas when I'm doing that for a company then I'm out taking pictures of girls and like crazy life stuff but it's like such an interesting thing like move, living in LA it's so crazy you want to like your artwork to be like a little more sane and like peaceful I think and when I, when I was Outside of, you know, here or when I was outside of Orange County as well, it was, like, trying to do crazy shit all the time. Yeah. So it's an interesting, like, juxtaposition. I think it has a lot to do with, like, where I live and the environment that I'm in. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, do you? so you think that being in, would you say, like, L.A. being a hypersexual environment yeah. that yeah. you actually like to tame things down so but it's it's funny i well, think no that no <laughs> there's also but so i just i think i was just looking at your page like your facebook page or whatever or one of your social medias and i i noticed something that maybe maybe there was a photo of a girl who was you know from the top up like very casually dressed from the bottom down very sexually dressed yeah, you know, yeah. in terms of like just being in her panties and then like full T-shirt, hat, like accessories, you know, yeah. et cetera. So there's like a dichotomy, right? Like of, uh, you know, being shown a little bit but covering up an equal yeah, amount sometimes. It's like, oh, uh, it's, so, it's so weird. Um, the, I, if the Instagram thing makes you like do things like PG a lot. Yeah, I think it's like created. Yeah, yeah, it forces like the the market that you're showing to a lot forces like what you're doing. Yeah, Uh, it's it's really it's it's really interesting. I think in that regard because there's a lot of stuff that I don't put out that's like really dirty. I have like a lot of I have like a ton of stuff. Are you (laughs) are you showing things like that? Oh, I don't show. I like 
I don't show enough stuff. Like I, I don't post probably enough stuff. I don't change my website enough. Um, I <laughs> yeah, work, I work yeah, on like, the. I work, well, actually, I made my wife working on the website all day today. Uh, she could probably hear me talking shit. My wife like will not work on the computer. So I've uh, been we've been together for ten years. I'm like, learn how to do this. Learn how to. She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I can't even deal it's with web design. Lucky, you're very lucky. You're very lucky. Very yeah. lucky man. <laughs> so what what is some of the process there then? I mean. Um, I've been I've been really interested in performance lately, and I kind of see the act of taking photographs having a sort of performance and director aspect to it that is generally lost in the fine. Like for me, as just a visual, like just as an outside viewer, I feel like that's kind of lost when you see a final work. Like if you see a photograph on a wall or you know in a book or in a collection. I, I think that there's a lot missed in the art form being behind the scenes, you know? Oh, like, yeah, the whole the whole build-up to the shoot, right? Like Yeah, and even the shoot it, oh. in and of itself, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, you know, we look at film and think, oh, a director is so great. And we look at photography and think, oh, the photographer took a great <laughs> photo. Yeah, not not nice, even so he, much the outside. He has a nice, nice camera. Or <laughs> uh, yeah, like that was great <laughs> lighting says, in that photo. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not. It's not never the, the photographer. It's always everything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I mean, sometimes, sometimes. You know, it, it again. It depends on the perspective in which you look at it. But yeah. I, I'm curious. Some of your setup then, like, so a, a director going into a film has a script, right? Like, yeah, uh, even if it's <clears throat> like a baseline, and maybe it's not all the way written out. Um, do you go into film shoots with some of those same? Yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes I can just keep it in my head if it's like a pretty basic shoot. Some of these, like like the fashion shoots, are they they're pretty much organic. They they flow themselves. Sometimes there's like a couple things that I need to capture in a certain way, so I'll draw them out. Um, bigger shoots or more creative conceptual shoots, or for some show like my show coming up, fine art stuff. I like to take the time, draw it out, use colored pencils, like draw out frames, like how I want it to look. Uh, Write out stuff like props that I need to get, different types of props. I'll, it'll take take me a couple months to get like a good creative concept together and put it down and execute it how I feel I want it to be. Do you ever write stories like as a like a oh. background story? You're not you ever write shit. You cut out, Mike. Do you ever write stories? Uh, but it looks like we're glitching a little bit. Yep. What was it? Do I write? I was wondering if you write any background stories, like if you have any, even like ideas in the back of your head, like. I do, like some of, uh, some of this stuff, geez, it's been like 10 years. I did like a bunch of stuff about 10 years ago that had like a lot of conceptualization behind it, stories behind the shots. Um, yeah, the whole thing. I always feel like nobody ever gives a shit about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like even my show that I have coming up has a bunch of stories behind all the images and stuff. And yeah. Like why I use the colors and like all the things. And yeah. I feel like every time I'm starting to talk to somebody about it, they're like, oh, I think you're an artist and you're so creative. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I know I'm a photographer. Don't be a dick. <laughs> and then at the same time, like if they asked you about it and you didn't have an answer for it, it would be like, you're just a fucking fake asshole. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's you really no it. win. No, it never. <laughs> so, just... the, I, I mean, we touched on it briefly. You got your, you have a show coming up in San Jose. Yeah, San Jose at Empire 7 Studios. Um, it's July 10th. So with my friend Jason Arnold, he's a painter. He works uh, oil in oil mostly. He works for NHS, OJ's uh, skate industry dude. He lives up in Santa Cruz. 
Nice. Um, I took some photos of some girls for him, and then he painted those. And then I just kind of did my own thing that I've been working on. So yeah, yeah. It's and we're just gonna it's gonna be fun. I think should be a good time. Um, the show should be cool. Good. You, you're yeah. doing some painting and some yeah. I did these well. things. You can see them behind me. It's just large sheets of glass with a you know spray paint acrylic on the back side, and it lays down so nice and smooth. And then I photographed a bunch of items on top of it. Other right. colors are like they're tonally kind of the same. How I lit them and photograph them through the glass, I can kind of fuck with them a little bit different. Yeah, it ha- has like a little different shadowing and stuff on it. Uh, some photographers will notice that it's weird, but like most people probably won't. But for me, it's <laughs> like a, like you were, you were talking, I think on Periscope or something earlier. Like some painters will like look to the side. I think this was you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like it's like some photographers will be like, "Oh, that's sick that you did that." It's like you know you have to do that. I think as you grow older in your art form make sure that you're like still staying true to like the uh, the past or like the traditional type things or like trying to you know do things that are different or move yeah. forward a little bit in your own work you know and show that to your peers like to inspire them and help them hopefully think of like cool shit to do and that's you sort of you got to experiment too right like if you, yeah you know if you i feel like for most i hate to use the term real artists but in the most general of senses like I feel like you got to keep experimenting and pushing and trying new things. Otherwise, I I mean, not to say, you know, if you get the pleasure from doing the same fucking painting over and over again or. No. Yeah. It's totally cool. Like there's guys that fucking kill and they just do the same thing for fucking 10, 20 years. Yeah. If they love it, then more, more power to them. And everybody loves it too. Yeah. yeah, It's great. Whatever it is. If it works. I can't do that myself. Yeah. I have a real hard time doing it. I I think it's important. Progress and move. Yeah. And, you know, like, the idea of making mistakes, too. Be willing to, like, fuck some shit up, too. Yeah. Be like, like that sucks. Fuck, <laughs> yeah, to experiment. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people don't do that shit. So I, really- I, I wrote down the word um, creeptographer on my on my notepad here. Right. Do you, is there any – do you – I mean, I don't want to get you to throw anybody under the bus or anything. But no, no. It seems like there's – so there's um, – a sort of branch of photography that I guess if we were like lumping general groups of people in, there's like a mild porn sort of photographer that shows a lot. And it seems like they would almost always try to fuck the models if given the opportunity. And I, and I can't be, I'm not saying I'm not being judgmental. Um, and I'm wondering if, if that world, if, because there's a mystique, right? Like from one side of the camera or from one side of the image being shown to the image actually being made. Where yeah. it's like, you know, like maybe people who, like even in the like uh, like adult film industry, like, you know, it porn looks one way in the, the, final, the final cut, you know, when it's put up, you know, put out. But while it's happening, it might not be nearly as... Uh, oh. <laughs> sexually tantalizing as it seems on you know in the final product right i mean it's it, from what i've heard i have friends that are in the, the porn industry and they enjoy it sometimes yeah you know sometimes it's work definitely but occasionally you're like oh yeah like this is a real thing which i think is true in everything in that type of sense you know like even in big major motion pictures like you see somebody who's acting well and like, you know, some are a blockbuster. You're like, oh, they get it. Like it really flowed. It was like real. It felt real. They probably felt like it felt real too. Yeah. So you know, you, it doesn't happen all the time, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So you th- you, you're saying models fall into that same kind of category too? Yeah, like, I think sometimes. Yeah. And photographers? Yeah, I think it all goes. Male and however, female? 
some people definitely probably push it and make it disgusting or make it their their like you know main focus is to do that whole thing whatever but i'm sure there's other people that just happen things just happen whatever i definitely had chicks like models hit on me before yeah like that's that happens it, it goes both ways you know it's not very often at all yeah. but it's definitely happened <laughs> interesting so uh yeah it goes both ways and i've i've had girls tell me that they would have fucked other photographers that have shot with them like oh this dude was so hot if you would have asked me i totally would have you know, I know. <laughs> my wife's around and she always asks a lot of funny questions when she's around and the girls are around so i hear a lot of funny shit <laughs> uh is there jealousy or you get your balls broke or no by my wife yeah oh no we're like swingers open relationship like full deal Okay. She's super super cool with whatever the fuck goes down. How? Well, not whatever the fuck. She's got to approve of the people. It's got to be like a good situation. Interesting. Can we talk about that? Is it okay to talk yeah. about that on the podcast? Full, totally fine to talk about it. How? Uh, okay. First of all, did, was that the like arrangement from the get go? Pretty much. Yeah. We've been together for ten years. We've been married for five. And when we first started, it was yeah, it was pretty much sexual relationship in the beginning, and then we became really good friends, and then. We started, yeah, having other people around, and I, you know, fuck, she's ten years younger than me. I know people like to fuck other people. I don't want to have like somebody that I'm in a relationship with forever and like feel like I'm trying to own them or control them. You know, mm-hmm. like if she wants to experience things outside of me, like why? I, sh- I don't know. I want to do the same thing. Okay, so okay. I, why could I say like? You All can't, right. So I imagine I gotta <laughs> assume that the beginning there was it was sort of unspoken type of rules, maybe right? Like you, yeah. like don't ask, don't tell. No, no, no. Definitely like straight up. Like this is what's gonna happen. These are we should set up rules. I I had had some experience with this in previous relationships to her, so I kind of knew some ground basis of you, how to start it off. You had the guidebook already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. a card member. <laughs> I've been working on it, like, I've been working on that photography and, like, smoking weed since I was, like, 15, right, 14. <laughs> you might need to write a book, my friend. Oh, maybe, maybe might... like, in, maybe, like, 20 years or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, be Hopefully I can remember all this shit. Oh, I have pictures, so that helps. I have pictures of, like, shit, so I can remember yeah, stuff. Yeah, that would definitely <laughs> It's funny how pictures uh, are able to, like, jog memories, right? Yeah, like it's the, fantastic. The ability to, to a memory that would completely be gone. Oh yeah, but I wonder I'll go how through, like old stuff and be like, "What the fuck?" Like, I didn't had I haven't thought about that in twenty years or something. Yeah, you see the picture and you remember the day, like what it smelled like, what the sun felt like, if it was uh-huh. breezy or hot or all this stuff. It's crazy. I was working on, well, like I said, the wife was working on the website today, but I was looking at all the. I, I had to go through all the files and figure out what was going to go on the new site, right? And so I was looking at old paintings too, and it was the same type of feeling, but it was only a very general like, like feeling sense not necessarily like a memory but it kind of put me back into the studio that i was working in oh that's really cool and what a trip too because when you're doing a painting right I, I don't know how long it takes you but it takes it's not like you're sitting down and like doing it in an hour usually right yeah it takes maybe a while your rocks are maybe pretty quick but your other things definitely not yeah. yeah so that's interesting like um i wonder if that feeling is like a spread out memory of the time you know what i mean of all those things all the all the senses and incurred like during that time doing the painting yeah like whatever emotional senses i was going through spring yeah. back with with the visual through I, the whole the whole time yeah like a month or two months or whatever it is like yeah and it's all where a photograph is like feels like so almost like exact or very whatever. pinpoint yeah it seems more yeah. accurate 
at least. It, it's less like an emotional base because that's what it was. It was like I saw one group of paintings and it was like depressive a little bit. Like the paintings oh, no. themselves <laughs> didn't it, – it wasn't, it wasn't like I was like, oh, fuck, life oh, sucks. Yeah. But it was like there was a, like a down – like, and I can kind of see – like I could watch – like if I put my, all my work in a linear – like a, a linear – like a line – uh, that I could see the pathway of like sort of the emotional state via color, you know. Oh wow! Yeah, or, yeah. you know, depending, most of them are pretty drab, like earthy tone colors anyway. But you, there's some points where it's like black and gray. Oh, bright psychedelic yes. color! All of a sudden, oh, black and gray again. You know? And whether that I, you know, psychedelic color could actually be me in a <laughs> shitty mood you know like trying oh, to yeah. overcome a shitty trying to mood. get out of it yeah. whereas like the dark stuff is like well i feel pretty good maybe i can examine some of the dark areas of my mind <laughs> oh that's really interesting yeah some art history person in the future is going to be like oh this was you know they always say stuff and you're like how do you know man it was like so long ago you never know that the dude could have just been fucking around the whole time you know <laughs> that's what i i went i had to i i think i've told the story on the podcast or maybe even on periscope um, we, we should talk about um, Periscope too. Yeah. Uh, I went looking for the Joe Rogan podcast logo that I designed and I found a blog of some guy who was using the logo design as a justification for Joe Rogan being a part of the Illuminati and showed how <laughs> it was designed to be like each – he pointed out all the different like items in the design and nice. mentioned how it has <laughs> – what the metaphor is for each of the things. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, you know, I made the fucking thing. So I yeah. know exactly what, you know, I made a fucking lightning bolt just because he's on the radio and it's like electricity. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's a, you know, like fake radio. It's like an old school radio. Yeah, thing. exactly. So the, it was like, Oh, that's a Zeus reference in, in this and that fucking thing. So I commented on his blog page saying, stop telling our secret. Or I said, I'm the artist who did this. Stop telling our secrets. Oh my god! I have. I need to go back and check the page and it's see. Like if you freak, freaking out. So <laughs> That's amazing, though. Like people are taking your work and breaking it down that much. It's got to be kind of fun to like. It's find so and, like, weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that I had the opportunity. I worked on a um, like an ad campaign for Year Zero, the Nine Inch Nails album. Oh, they wow. did a big yeah. like. Um, like it's called like live action game or live action something or other. Where people yeah. interact and have like a, it's almost like, fuck. Have you it, do you remember the movie The Game? Yeah, the yes, Michael Douglas Mike, movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I recently watched that. I love it's, that movie. It's a great movie. It was like on HBO Go. It's or it's sort of like that, right? Like so, like they had to do all these like um, like all these tasks and like complete these like missions and figure out these puzzles and like it was a whole thing. And at the very end, they a very small group, a select group of people who had figured out all the shit and been to all the places. They um, got to see a little like private Nine Inch Nails show, but it was all like set in like this dystopian uh, future reality where like er like shit had gone to shit and like it really like alternate. It was alternate reality gaming. Maybe that's what it was called. Okay, it has okay. like a okay. title, right? Okay. Um, and they, it's, they, this type of advertising has been done a million times now, but it was pretty new at the time. Yeah. So, uh, that, like that, I, I, and, you know, it's cool. Like these ideas, I've been thinking more and more about this sort of stuff for art 
Like, there's been a, a couple different. Like, I was talking in the beginning about performance. Like, the yeah. it seems like, and you know, in, within like some of this, and actually, maybe I should talk. Maybe we could talk about ideas because we, we got to come up with an idea. So, I want to start doing like some uh, performance type things within an art environment somehow, where mm-hmm. like actors are implanted within a crowd. And I like this idea of tasks, like you that you have to go in and do something, you know, and create experiences within uh, an art environment that maybe is different than just going to an art gallery and looking yeah, at yeah. art and standing in circles and drinking beer. Yeah, and... dude, it's so, it's so boring. <laughs> I mean, there it has its place. New... Listen, it has its place. I don't no, want to sound yeah, like yeah, it yeah. doesn't. But there's also room for, right, something new. Yeah, I, I feel like. <laughs> or a different way. And I don't know too many people in our particular generation who are doing things like this. Like, I know that there's people who are, like, pranksters who are, um, like, there's a group out of New York who does a lot of different types of projects. Like, and I'm even thinking I'm going to steal, like, a couple, like, parts from, uh, like, all these different things that people are doing and, like, implant them into a new type of environment, Hmm. you know? See, I just talked, okay, we talked about it one time. But I did tell a whole shitload of people all at once on the podcast. But let's hope yeah. I don't tell the story. Like, I've been talking about this a lot. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm not ever going to do it. I'm going to talk about it till I'm fucking 60 and then never fucking do it. Like, you know, I hate to be, bring up the guy or whatever. But um, but uh, the Banksy, he did that show downtown here in, like, 2005 or six. We had the elephant and all uh-huh. that shit. That yeah. was, like, kind of, like, a different... Like, I had, like, a little bit of... At, back For back then, right? I feel like that was more of a spectacle. Yeah, okay. I'm, okay. I'm interested in an environment right. in where the spectators are not only forced to interact with the environment itself, but also with each other. Oh, wow, like, okay. I, I want... You know, like, I was... I was, I was going to write on Twitter or on Facebook or something that a painting has never made me cry. And I, I, and I think that's really true. Like, like I think about like the fact that like I could watch a movie and that shit could make me cry. Right? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> there are yeah. songs that I'll, at best, like that'll ju- that can make me tear up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. shit that could like emotionally change my whole attitude. But painting, going to a show, I can't imagine. I can't think of a show that I've been to, and I've been to a lot that make me feel that way. Like no. I got to see Van Gogh's work in yeah. London, and it made me feel weird to see it. Like it made me feel different, and that was maybe the most like emotionally charged shit that I've seen. But I've never been like emotionally changed by an art show unless something externally happened. Do you huh. know what I mean? Like, did did you see that James Terrell exhibit that was at the LACMA maybe two years ago? There's still like one big piece of it there. No, and here's another issue: is that I'm in San Diego, which is yeah. pretty dry, show on that. dry. So yeah. I mean, and that's it's my own that fault thing, for not yeah. seeking out. You know, and you know that's not to say that I haven't been to shows all over the place, but yeah, yeah. You know, just in, in terms of accessibility. The, the, a lot less which i'm trying i'm actually making here we go making new ideas that are putting them out there and trying not to like fall back <laughs> on them but you know what i've actually been pretty good if i say things on the podcast then i'll actually do them in real life because like, yeah, i know like it's it being down. heard i'm like fuck i gotta actually do that thing that i said I better make that happen before somebody else does <laughs> yeah exactly right like i have so i have a new idea um i want to do and i think maybe i mentioned it on periscope as well the um uh 
artists field trips. Did you hear yeah, me talk yeah. about that? Yeah, no, I did hear you talk about that. And if you guys want to come up here, I'll host, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, take the train <laughs> up to L.A., yeah. go to LACMA, go, or if there's any gallery, like, cool gallery shows at the moment, like, hit those up or whatever. And, like, just make, like, a, a, a full day, like, extravaganza. And I guess I just heard um, PJ Fiddler is doing something. Do you know PJ Fiddler's work? He's an L.A. artist. Uh-huh. No, uh, he's a bad motherfucker. Um, he's doing something called like staycation where he's okay. getting like creative types together to rent a room at a particular spot. I think they're getting a hotel somewhere in LA, like an old hotel and, uh, like just getting a group of people together to hang out and like have like, you have a vacation, but you know, outside of you know, within your own community, but outside of right. your norm. With other people, like like-minded people and uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that might great. be something to like check out too. You know, like yeah. get a, a, a round trip type of deal. So I'm I'm gonna make that happen for sure. That's great. Yeah. Um, I'm down. Um, I always have a hard time being a photographer, being involved with groups like that. <laughs> not not personally, but like everybody's always like, "Oh, you're a photographer. Like, what are you what are you doing here? Yeah, <laughs> we're, us, all, we're all painting. <laughs> we all paint. Us we're painters, real yeah, us painters have a um, a bit of pretension." <laughs> a bit of snobbiness to us but it's we, fun i always love hanging out because it, there's like such different viewpoints and there's such a traditionalism to a lot of painting and a lot of art on that side of it yeah that you don't find with other photographers you know a lot of photographers are people that are just trying to go make a buck or like they have a bunch of the new gear and they're like yeah i do want to shoot pictures of chicks uh, that's all i want to do yeah or there's they're like, they're at the weddings every yeah every two weeks yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean wedding fuck weddings are great i was like i'm like testing myself like oh should i switch i start doing weddings it's you like should so if you much, want to make some easy money well so much money, hold on hold on let me take the easy out if you want to just make some money yeah i'm not gonna put the easy not, it's not I easy, subtract right? the easy no i can't even I mean, it imagine can be, it can be easy it's just the people you're dealing with usually well, i've seen some goddamn awful wedding photographers yeah yeah for sure <laughs> all right so um where can people find your work where can they check out your stuff on the, the we interwebs let's plug your show again so that yeah, know where sh- to go. Cool. Please come to my show or check it out or hit up Empire Seven Studios in San Jose, California, on July 10th. Uh, we have House Beers giving us some beer. We're taking up. There's some DJ from San Jose. I don't know. He plays music in the back. It's a really big space. It's with uh, my buddy Jason Arnold. I'm gonna have I think like 32 pieces. I think he's got like 20 pieces in the show. It nice. should be a blast. Um, I did a little book and stuff for it. My yeah, website. New Zine? Oh, yeah. It's like 38 pages, all color. It's like a zine, but it's like um, 8.5 by 11, not like your standard 8.5 by 11 folded, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, I found a cheap place to get them printed. Fuck I yeah. won't do a free plug for them on your thing. <laughs> Zines are the shit. No. Yeah, everybody loves them now. I used to make them in high school with my brother. We used to make a thing called Skate News and like. It was so rad, like, when, like, I don't know, six, seven years ago, everybody started really getting heavy into zines again. I was like, oh, this is so fun. And I haven't made a new one in forever. Yeah, you should make one. I know. It's, dude, it's so easy, <laughs> especially with computers now. You're just like, oh, throw it up there and you're done. What about oh. the the Instagrams? Instagram, the... everything is Bo Roulette, uh, B-E-A-U-R-O-U-L-E-T-T-E. Is that, Roulette, your, just... is, is that your real yeah. name? 
It's my real name. God, God, parents given, not God given, whatever. <laughs> I, I was uh, like, I had it 50 50 if it was. Yeah, no, everybody or... always asked me that. I know my dad like thinks it, thought, always thought it was funny. He's like, oh, everybody's going to give you shit. It was like a fancy French name, which has worked out for photography. Some people will call me, like, think I'm French. I'll get emails in French sometimes. I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't know what the fuck this says. <laughs> <laughs> Do you play roulette in Vegas? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Dude, I had, I had this crazy – can I tell a crazy story real quick? Yeah, a second? please, yeah, please. Um, my father passed away when I was 22. He passed away in Las Vegas. Um, I wasn't there, but uh, I was I, – it was my first time returning to Las Vegas after he passed away. I think I was like 23 and a half, 24 years old. Uh-huh. And, like, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to put – uh, 100 bucks on black 13 when i get there like that was my number and like to my dad like the whole thing it's like all i thought about the whole time like probably thought about it for like months before i went there you know yeah i get there and i like i'm with my mom too like it was her first time going back as well to vegas since my father passed away and it was like we went we went to the table i'm like oh, I'm gonna, after we checked in, i'm like okay i'm gonna do them and bet this bet and i put i was like pushed out and i put 10 bucks down <laughs> And it fucking hit Black Thirteen. No I went, way. Yeah, three hundred and twenty bucks or whatever it is. But I would have won like thirty two hundred bucks. I was, I was like, are you? Is she freaked out? I freaked out. But that's like my roulette story. So I always bet Black Thirteen when I go, and that's like my number now. Right. But it's, I, it's such a trip. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny that you did that though, because if I think if you would have put the hundred down and it hadn't hit the number, it, it would have been it would have been psychologically damaging, maybe. Yeah. Like and you know, not that I know it's you that right. that well, but like I can imagine that. Like the fact that you hit on the ten is so much more elating than, like the fact that well, obviously it's better if you lose, but I mean like the soci- the psychological aspect. Yeah, of yeah, your father yeah. Dying. It like gave it gave me a little bit of it. It gave me like this strange like like a juice, well, like, like a, a hope. Yeah, like this. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. That's that was good, really man. cool. Rad. I, I read that story. <laughs> All right. Well. um Hopefully, I'm going to make sure that we get up, uh, even if it's just me, I, I might, I'm going to just ride the train up, like I said. Um, yeah, come up, dude, hang out. I got space. Like, my wife teaches yoga. You can come do a yoga class. Uh, she does them here sometimes in our studio. And I could teach uh, everybody jujitsu, a jujitsu yeah, move on the yoga mats. That, that could be cool. That could be cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm going to take you up on that. And um, best of luck with the show. If uh, I'm sure I'll see Thanks you so on much. Periscope before then. People should yeah, yeah. follow you on Periscope as well. We we both get uh, do videos of us getting high in the morning. Yeah. Which if I'm if I notice that you're up like an hour before me, I'm like fuck, I'm lagging today. Oh really? Oh my god, I'm sorry. Because we're usually right around the same time, but you've been on don't, some earlier schedules lately. Don't do that to yourself. Yeah, my wife just started working at the Ace Hotel again, uh, second job or side job, whatever, other than yoga, and yeah. she gets up at like five thirty in the morning, six in the morning, Ooh. and there's like. I can't – after she leaves, I, can, I can't stay in bed. <laughs> okay, good. So it's yeah. not really me. It's like I'm getting woken up and I've just been doing it because I'm up and like fucking do it. <laughs> There's like you and two other people who all like have like a wake and bake morning session. Oh, right. And I gotta, like, tell I, me who those other people are. I want to check that out. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll send it to you. <laughs> and it's like, okay, where am I at? Okay, they're done. Okay, now I'm in. <laughs> it's nice though, like the Periscope thing. I've been smoking weed by myself in the morning for years and now like – People join me and ask me questions. It's like really gets my day going very like nicely. It's fantastic. Yeah, and brain, for, brain firing up for people in a creative uh, job who have to spend a lot of time by themselves. It's kind of fucking nice to be able yeah. to like, <laughs> even though it's so it's so weird to just talk to your it's phone. So weird, bizarre. But there is an aspect of like, okay, like there is some like even if it's a fake robot being on the other end, there's something going on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It's nice, like just to feel like, yeah, there's somebody out there that cares. Especially, <laughs> especially in between those like six-hour work, like eight-hour, like nonstop work, like nose to the grindstone days. Yes. <laughs> All right. So again, best of luck with the show. Thank you for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. I appreciate it. No problem. It. Thanks for having me, Mike. Let's do um, internet dap. Yep. Bam, 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 bam. bam. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, take it easy. Have a great one, man. Thanks. Later. So that was my chat with Mr. Bo Roulette. Awesome guy. I'm going to go up there and hang out with him and uh, check out his wild lifestyle and get some downtown L.A. art action in. Um, Again, make sure you go follow me on all the social medias at Mike Maxwell Art on Instagram and Twitter and the Facebooks. Um, go follow the podcast at Live Free Podcast on uh, Twitter and Facebook. I just hashtag. I, I didn't make another Instagram for uh, the fa- for the for the podcast. I just post the stuff through through my Instagram. So follow me. You can follow Bo Roulette at Bo Roulette uh, at Bo B E A U underscore Roulette R O U L E T T E. Um, and if you're in San Jose, go check his show out at Empire Seven Studios. It's going to be dope. Um, I, In fact, I know they have the, the other artist who's in the show only from the old fecal face days, which is kind of cool. So um, thanks, guys, for listening. Again, if you want to donate to the podcast, you can do that through MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the donation, and you can drop a dime, a nickel, a hundred, a thousand, a millions in there if you want to. Want to be a beneficiary of the podcast? Drop a, drop a dime. All right. Uh, thanks everybody. I love you. Um, give somebody a hug today and tell them that you love them. All right. I'm so tomorrow to order margin yesterday, which means you want time delay. So even if I slow it down, my sound is fast forward. Hold up. I'm just a runway show, but I wear this on my plane in my runway clothes. <laughs> Cashmere sweats, they come out next year, but these my last year sweats. And my hoe's so sick. Your new chick can't fuck with my old bitch. Hey, hey. And you know this shit. I'm professional, they know this is. I just meant that you borrow this. This the blueprint, nigga, follow this. Hey, hey. This what, what tomorrow is. Welcome to tomorrow, bitch. Whenever you about to discover, we all dead. You about to tell her you love her, we all dead. Always want to fight in the club, we all dead. But you can't bring that future back. Y'all are steady chasing the fame, and we all dead. Oversized clothes and chains, we all dead. Niggas still making it rain, and we all dead. Because you can't bring the future back. Tell them niggas get off me. Chris, we all dead. Tim's, we all dead. Grims, we all dead. Yeah, we all dead. Is you still on that? And we still making money, because we still on that. This ain't black versus white, my nigga, we all fat. Please tell Bill O'Reilly to fall back. Tell Rush Limbaugh to get off my balls. It's 2010, I 1864. Uh, yeah, we come so far, so I drive around town, hard top in the saw. Uh, and my tribe back a lot with my high brow, uh, and my high yellow bra. Uh, and my dark skin sis, and my best white mate say what's up to Chris. Uh, how's that for mix? Got a black president, got green presidents. Blueprints in my white iPod, black diamonds in my Jesus piece. My God. Uh, Trippin' off that, this a Benetton ad, nigga been above that Whatever you uh. about to discover, we all dead You about to tell her you love her, we all dead Always wanna fight in the club, and we all dead But you can't bring that future back, back Y'all are steady chasing the fame, and we all dead Oversized clothes and chains, we all dead Niggas still making it rain, and we all dead Cause you can't bring the future back Tell the niggas get off me Chris, we all dead Tim's, we all dead Grims, we all dead Yeah, we all dead Is you still on that? Is you still on that?